Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. book that one one pastor got up and said detrimony so uh turn to the book of <laughs> yeah tur- turn to that just go to genesis and just go write four books okay um really quick i've been in this series of blessings and curses and i hope it's helped somebody I hope it's opened your eyes if i can help one person realize that there's been curses at work in your family and give you the tools to let you come out of that, then guess what? Mission accomplished. I'm fine with that. Um, just a quick, the first week that I did this, you can actually catch all of these on the podcast. Uh, the first two were on there. But the first week I taught on unseen forces, blessings and curses. They manifest in the natural, but they're unseen. Because they, the, your voice is one of the main vehicles that blessings and curses function by. Now, there's other things as well. By what you say. So take heed what you say. Right? Your tongue is a vital, vital weapon. James says it's a world of fire. Like it's, it's a rudder. It's a small rudder that steers the ship. And so many people, they want to operate and function and walk in the blessing of the Lord, but they're cursing, uh, not literally cussing, but you know what I'm saying? They're, they're well, we're never going to, we're never going to. And, and it's one of the things that we've learned to even change. I have, talking to Elijah, wanting certain things. You know how kids are wanting to say, we don't have the money. No, no, no. We've got the money. We just can't spend it on that. So it's being cautious what you say. Does that make sense? Uh, and why, I'm sick and tired. Well, you're going to be sick and tired at some point, right? So be cautious as to what you say. So that was the first week. Second week, uh, that was last week, I began to go into God's list, and he lists off five different ones in the blessings of the Lord, and there were six different ones in the curses. Now, listen, everything I'm going to tell you tonight, you can go and read these for yourself, all right? Uh, there's great resources out there. Uh, Derek Prince, he is... He's no longer alive, but his resources are exquisite. Right, Sayer? Good stuff. I mean, really great resources on these things, and he's very uh, very intelligent spiritually. Um, so I would encourage you, read. Read. Again, don't take every word I say. Read the word. Follow me as I follow Christ, but read the word for yourself and get it into your spirit. Let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you. So uh, anyway, but last week I talked about God's list. This week I want to talk about, because this is probably going to be the last of it. got a little bit of a ring, Andrew. Uh, but this is probably going to be the last week I do this, uh, depending on if I feel like I want to take it one more step, and I don't know just yet. But we're going to go from the exchange, from, from curses to blessings. I'm going to give you seven indications of a curse at work if it is in your life. Now, let me put the disclaimer on this. So if you don't hear anything else, let first hear this, because people will walk out of this church and be like, man, he believes everything's a curse. No, I don't. Uh, first off, I want you to read, and they say, well, it's Old Testament, Pastor AJ. Come on. Well, if you were here last week, Paul says in Romans 11 and 22, there's two aspects to God, all right? The severity of God, but also the kindness of God. So although God is a God of love, he's also a judge. And 
the, where curses can enter in is through disobedience. Rebellion, disobedience, God does not like those things. Those are things that it's very imperative and important and very incumbent upon the people of God to listen to what he says. Whatever's written and whatever he reveals to you spoken into your heart through a relationship, it's important for you to have an ear to How many times did Jesus say, he that has an ear, let him hear? It's important, very imperative. Um, but here's the thing. Um, there is only one expert. Here's my disclaimer on all of this. There's only one expert who can diagnose you and truly reveal if there is something such as a curse at work in your life, okay? I'm not the one that can die. I can look at symptoms. I can look at certain things as we look, you know, dive deep in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit and walk through that process. But truly, the Holy Spirit is the one that is the great teacher. He's the paraclete, the one that comes alongside to reveal. He's the great revealer, right? We need him to reveal. So it's important that we are always conscious of what he's saying, how he's speaking, because he does speak today, and it's important that we depend upon him. All of our, We are never going to be good enough. Look at somebody beside you and say, you're just never going to be good enough. I know y'all were talking to spouses and stuff. Say, I got to have Holy Spirit. He's the only one that's not going to fail you. He will not fail you. Jesus will, now, now let's, let's make it right. Look at him and say, Jesus is just never going to fail me. So there you go. Now you, now you can lift that off of somebody. There you go. All right. No words are powerful. Um, but I want to read this in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy, and I'm not even there myself. There we go. All right. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. Here we go. I'm gonna, this is a verse that we've been in the past couple of weeks. It says here in, in verse 30, it says, or in verse 15, it says, See, I set before you today life and prosperity. Death and destruction, for I command. Remember what commands are. Codes of wisdom. That's the code of wisdom as the proverb, uh, as Solomon talked about that. Commands, decrees, are codes of wisdom. He says, um, <clears throat> I command you today to love the Lord your God. Walk in obedience to him and keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering in to possess. All right, down to verse 19 and verse 20. And God speaking to Moses and Moses speaking to the people. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now I love this next phrase. Now choose. You choose. It's not something that you most naturally are going to walk into. You have to make a choice. Just like the Proverbs says to choose the fear of the Lord. That's the problem probably in our nation right now because we have lacked the fear of the Lord. All reverence and respect of who God is. You take prayer out of the school system. You take, you take God out of certain aspects of our culture. You take down the Ten Commandments. Well, that's Old Testament, but it made it through. You still can't murder anybody. We're going to pray over uh, Uvalde. I think that's the name of the school at the end of the service. We want to cover them. So don't let me forget it, Courtney. That's uh, your responsibility. We want to pray over them. But here's the thing. We can't expect to remove God from everything and expect everything to work properly. It's important that we as a people, we need to bring holiness back. Holiness is not Old Testament. It's not old school. Holiness is needed. God said, these are my laws, these are my principles, and these are my commands. There's an expectation. If you want to walk in blessing, you choose. If you want to walk in death, destruction, mayhem, sickness, plagues, all of these issues, just be disobedient. It's all good. No, it's not really, but 
I'm just saying, today, make a choice. And this is what he tells the people of God. You choose. And it goes on to say that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Again, listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life. There you go. The Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to you. So it's important to us that we have to pay attention to him. Now, um, the list that I'm going to give you, the, the seven indications here, I, I want to I put this on there as well. The presence of only one or two of these at work periodically would not necessarily be sufficient by itself to establish that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm under a curse. Again, it's, it's under the, 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 the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Again, right? That's what we look into. Uh, but when, here's the thing, but when several of the problems are present that I'm about to list... These are all, and again, you read them for yourself, all right? Read them for yourself. Um, But when several of the problems are present or when one of them tends to recur repeatedly, if there's something that's on repeat in your personal life or in your family line. Now, some of y'all are going, you may struggle with this, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm just pulling straight from Scripture, and I'm, pre- I'm preaching according to what I have felt the Holy Spirit lay on my heart for this year. This was laid out in December when I, when I said I was going to preach these series of, of messages. So all I'm asking you is to make sure and consider if there's something in your life that, is, that, that appears to be this way. Um, but again, if it's something's on repeat in your life, some type of disaster, and I'll read these out, it's important to make sure and pay attention. All right, here we go. Deuteronomy, uh, where these are at, I'm not going to read the scripture again. I want you to read Deuteronomy 28. Read it for yourself because the Lord lists blessings and he lists curses. And these were once given by God. And they said, well, how can that be so? How can that be so? Again, it goes back to it. The key word to all of this is disobedience. Rebellion, disobedience. God has set before you life and death, right? Choose. All right. The the first one is this, and we see it in Deuteronomy 28, verse 28, 34, and 65. There's three verses here. The first was first one is this mental and or emotional breakdown. Mental and or emotional breakdown. <sighs> you may some of these some of these subtopics would be under this, and this is where God spoke this madness, someone that's driven mad, confusion of heart and mind. Two key words here I want to give to you, all right? Now, again, this is straight-up teaching. Uh, there may not be any preaching involved in this, but I hope it's great information for you to see. We're going to flip it at the end. I promise I'm going to give you a prayer, and we're going to have some of you cross over to the other side, all right? Not, not, not die. You're going you're gonna to walk in freedom. Declare it. Somebody say, always, I'm out. He's speaking that stuff. I'm out. Come on, Martha. we got to get out of here before he gets to that part. All right. So here's, here's something for a lot of us. Some, some, some people might be haunted by an inner voice. And I understand that the, that the enemy can speak. And he's looking for someone that will have an ear to hear. That's how he gets authority into your life. You believe his lie. You empowered him and give him authority into your life. All right? Most of us know that, should know that. But they hear an inner, an inner voice that's continually taunting. They're telling them, you're losing control. There's no hope for you. Your mother ended up in a mental institution. Your father did too. He ran off and left and this, this, and this, and this. And you're probably going to be in the same place. There's, there's number one. Now, I'm not saying it's just a moment in your life, but it's something that's repetitive. Uh, again, two key words in this specific first one is confusion and depression. When you go back and read the scripture, now this is under study, okay? I didn't just pull this out of uh, 
my back pocket. This is, tr- this is out, of, out of scripture and study. These confusion and depression, you ready? Listen. These two, confusion and depression, almost always have their roots in some form of occult involvement. Might not be in you, could be previous generations. You heard me tell the story. I've got so much more to the story. My personal uh, sickness that I went through when I was 12 years old, 11 years old. When they hospitalized me for seven days, didn't know what was wrong with me. Did spinal taps, did all this stuff. And the personal encounter I had, I'm not even going to go there. But it was demonic. I wasn't crazy. And my fever was high, but I wasn't hallucinating. It was real. I had a personal encounter. But it all goes back to my grandmother played with Ouija boards, played with tarot cards, and began to open doors and portals because there is a spiritual rim you don't see. I may be the crazy preacher tonight, and somebody's like, man, that guy's nuts. I'm telling you, it's real. So you can't open a portal, and you can't open a door, and it can't be previously opened in generations, and you don't know why you're facing what you're facing, but until you realize, and tonight, if the light bulb clicks on, we run the enemy out because he don't, he don't like light. When the light's turned on, he freaks out because now he knows he's been found out and made out, so he has to leave, right? So anyway, let's keep moving. So that's number one, mental and or emotional breakdown. Number two. Ready? Repeated or chronic sicknesses. It's not a one-time sickness. It's repeated. And it doesn't want to stop. It never stopped with you. It's looking. Remember what I said? Curses never want to stop with me. They want to go through me. They're looking for the next generation. Like they've done five, six. Okay, let me give scripture. I, I, I hope if, I got, if anyone is struggling with this. Moses said, because God spoke to him, the iniquities of your forefathers are what? Visited down to the third and the fourth generation. Iniquities are sins un, uh, that are unforgiven. You, they, never, they never ask repentance for them. They never turn towards God. Therefore, they track generationally. Well, I believe that in alcohol, Pastor, but I don't know about this other stuff. Alcohol is an addiction, and I'm going to get to something here in a moment with that. I'm just saying that's an overt one that everybody can see. All right? So... Especially in this vein, repeated or chronic sicknesses, especially if they're hereditary. If they're hereditary, then we need to pay attention because there's probably a curse at work. You with me? It's not shots at anybody. We just want to make you aware because according to Scripture, it's probably because something needs to be repented of and we'll get there, okay? Not all the time. Don't don't get me wrong on that. Again, it's all under the discretion of Holy Spirit, right? The key words in this second one are plague, if it's incurable, extraordinary, and that's not good, fearful, prolonged, or lingering. These are all key words according to this second one, all right? That's number two. Number three, I'm going to keep tracking along. Number three, barrenness, a tendency to miscarry or related to female problems. This is something... And as I was reading a lot of different research that I was doing on this, especially with those that have prayed for people that have struggled in these areas, it has always come back to, not always, but, or excuse me, I said that, I contradicted myself. It has most of the time that's come back to is there's been something whenever they repented, whenever they begin to walk through the process. I'm going to give you something at the end. You would connect your faith and believe that, that, uh, that this thing's going to be broken off of your life or whatever it may be. And we'll see what God wants to do in that. But a tendency to miscarry, and it's related to female problems. There's a key phrase in Scripture, all right? So don't check out on me just yet. Key phrase in Scripture that says, Cursed shall be the fruit of your body or your womb. Now, that's in Scripture. Again, it may not be just a one-time thing, all right? That's not, it's not a once-over. But in the research, and for those of you that are interested in some of this, I will make sure and give it to you, all right? I'm, I know I'm giving you tidbits, 
Back in Deuteronomy 28, please read it for yourself. See it. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, okay? Make sure and give that to you. Number four, breakdown of marriage and family alienation. I promise you we're going to flip it. <laughs> A lot of people are getting ready to shoot me tonight. And so, uh, anyway, breakdown of family or, or marriage and family alienation. Verse 41 of chapter 28 talks about this. Listen to this. You will have children, but they will not be yours. Well, what does that mean? In reading, here's what it means. In other words, the God of the age, could be our age, could have been previous generations, the God of that age have, will and have taken them as his own. They become children of the age. Look at what we're seeing now. I'm serious. Look at what we're seeing. Even in my lifetime, I'm a millennial. And even in my lifetime, I never thought we'd be struggling with the whole topic and conversation of gender. Now I don't know how many there are. I know we say that joke, but seriously. And they're allowing children to decide what gender they want to be. I'm sorry I disagree with that. Completely, 100%. It's biologically impossible. There's only two. And to change from one to the other. I may get in trouble for... I don't even know the, the, the laws of our podcast. doesn't really matter because this is truth. God created me a male. I am not going to be a female. I have no desire to be a female, right? There's not, I don't, I don't, well, I, I, I want to go somewhere and just cut up a little bit, but I better not because I, I want to lighten the load. I identify as a six foot three, four maybe, very muscular guy, <laughs> pretty slim. I can throw a football over the mountains from right here. Over, I mean, East Tennessee, you know, anyway. You can identify, it's crazy. People laugh at that, but it's like now they're letting people do that. But the God of this age goes on to say that you will have children, but they will not be yours. And I refuse, and I mean this, I refuse as a young pastor or however old that you consider me to be, old or young, to allow my children and our generation be given over to the God of this age. That's what I pray often into. Again, this because, because of the blood that's been shed, because of abortion, I believe in our nation. I believe it's important that we, listen, I'm believing that it's going to be completely overturned and that's not going to be an issue anymore in our nation. And it can make mad whoever it makes mad. But, but for us, it's important, it's so important that we pray over our children and our generation because what they're doing is giving over to the God of this age, addiction, all sorts of selfish desires, warped morality, and warped mentality. That's what we're seeing. i got to keep moving. Time. Number five, financial or continuing financial insufficiency. Now, there's two related phrases as you read through Deuteronomy 28 when it's referring to the curses that, that because of the, again, because of disobedience and rebellion, do not let those fly from your mind. Otherwise, you'll walk out of here and miss the whole focus. Two related phrases are, curse shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That's the way you provide for you and your family. Whatever your hands touch, and God says it through Scripture, it'll be cursed. Right? And it goes on to say that you shall not prosper in your ways. The opposite of that is you'll prosper in all of your ways and whatever your hands touch. But cursed shall be your basket, and also you shall not prosper in your ways, and you will be unsuccessful in all that you do. No wonder we're frustrated. No wonder someone walks in constant frustration and depression and discouragement, right? 
<clears throat> but here's the thing. I, I'm not one of the preachers that would stand up and say, well, you can tell, um, how do I word that? By the materialistic things, and you should seek for materialistic things because I'm going to say this, and it may mess with some of you, because I do believe that God wants to prosper his children. Um, one distinguishing mark Moses mentions, mentioned in uh, the book of Exodus is that he said, if your presence doesn't go with me, we're not going. End of story. He told God that. And Moses said, the only distinguishing mark on your people is your presence. It's not anything apart from that. So everything, every good and perfect gift comes down from what? The Father of lights. It's our Father that blesses us. But I'm stupid to believe that I live in poverty that puts a perfect portrayal of Christianity. No, no, no. I'm praying the prayer of Jabez. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. So I believe, some people say, well, you know, in, in essence, I'm a prosperity preacher in that I believe that God wants to prosper his children. And he wants them to be blessed. He wants them to walk in healing, health, and wholeness. And prosperity is not always physical things. It's emotional health. And I would much rather have mental and emotional health and physical health and relational health, sometimes well over materialistic wealth. I want to prosper and be in health just as my soul prospers in all aspects. That's what 3 John says, right? So I'll just leave that there. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, listen to this. This is what Paul says. He said, God is able to make all. I love this and I'm going to abbreviate it. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. And he goes on to say, in every good work. And he makes me abound in every good. So God wants me to be supplied. Now, now people say, well, I'm just going to pray. God never gave me what I asked for. Are you praying according to his will or are you praying according to your will? Is it selfish desires? Right? Now, I don't want to deviate from the path too much because I'm going back and it's financial. Ins- Could it be that because I'm, in, I'm insufficient financially in my life is because I've been pursuing my own personal desires and I haven't yielded, submitted my hand under the mighty hand of God and let him direct my, the affairs of my heart and the affections that I desire? God, your will, not mine. As I walk the path that he lays out for me, guess what? I'll have everything I need. 2016, when God was dealing with us about trans, literally, spiritually, she thought I was going nuts. I wasn't under a curse, I promise. <laughs> but I was emotionally up and down. I felt like David. I was like, oh, I, feel, I know how he felt. But when we knew transition was coming to our life and we thought it was us uprooting and moving, because we did think that. God was, and I went back to my prayer journal. It was crazy. He was speaking to me. He was giving me Genesis 12, Genesis 15. He was giving me these verses that as he spoke to Moses and telling me, you know, he told Moses, he said, he says, Moses, I am your shield. You're exceeding, or excuse me, Abraham. I am your shield. You're exceedingly great reward. In other words, if you'll come after me, I'll shield you, protect you, and you'll, you'll get me as a reward. And I, I knew this is what was coming, but God spoke to me in that season. I remember, and he says, AJ, you're never going to do without. And I journaled it. I journaled it. And, and uh, when we started walking through tough stints in 17, 18, especially in 18, was really tough for us. And then 21. I don't even want to talk about 21. Uh, I'm glad it's behind us. Uh, but, but I went back and reviewed the word. And I, and I just began to cry. And I thought, God, you have not left us. We have always been provided. Have we done without? We've never done without. We've been faithful in our giving. We've been faithful in just, I don't know, this don't look right, God. Teach me to trust you. When people left, when things begin to disperse, we just took a hold of the plow and said, I'm not looking back. 
I'm moving forward. And God has always supplied in our lives. I promise you, if you're doing what God's called you to do and you're walking in the will of the Lord, there's always going to be provision for you. You're never going to do without. I'll move on. Number six. Now, it's not listed in this, but I want to put it in there. Number six. It, well, it's somewhat, it can be pulled from that. But there's a verse that says, the Lord says that you'll be blind and you'll be groping in the darkness. Not knowing where you're going. You can read it in Deuteronomy 28. But could it be that it's accident prone? People confess this over themselves. Oh, I'm just accident prone. Stop. It's interesting that you have some of these people. I read a story one time and there was one person that broke the same arm three times. Okay, I can understand one time. When mom throws your kid up in the air, I'll pay for that later, but <laughs> it really was. I was like, do not play with mom. I learned my lesson. She will straight up right hook you or she'll throw you up in the air. I promise. But in this story that I read three times, I can understand once, possibly close to twice, but three times? Something's up. And the story that read, very uh, tr uh, truthful uh, account that I read uh, when I was reading through this story, the guy said that the Lord revealed it to him by the Holy Spirit, and he didn't make a big scene. He just walked over off the stage, and everybody was kind of watching. He took the mic off, began to pray for the lady, and immediately the bone was healed in an instant. Because he, he didn't pray. She made a declaration. She, re she understood what was going on. And then prayed in the arm of seal. Okay, all right. Anyway, let me just move on. That's, but being accident prone, I, I knew a lady um, back years ago that she could be walking. Now, it's nobody in here, okay? So, but I knew a lady that could literally be walking down a hallway or walking in a room and trip right over her feet, fall, and hurt herself. Just struggling. Um, and she always confessed over herself, oh, I'm just accident prone. I remember I had a friend in high school that he wrecked three times. I never had a truck like his, and I was so sick for him. Like, My goodness, man, give that to me. When he got his next truck, I said, just give that to me. Do not, but bless his, and every time, thank God, when I rode with him, we never wrecked, right? And we're sending him over to Sayer, down to Steve's uh, body shop there. But he did three times. Three, and I, I know people say, well, that's just an accident. Maybe so, but with this guy, if you knew him, you just knew that there was other stuff that was going on as well. But it's accident prone, groping in the darkness, trying to feel like you're blind, like you're walking in your house at night, trying to find the bathroom, kicking everything in the house, and feel like you should know your way around, but you don't. But, but being accident prone, all right? Let me move on. Number seven, a history of suicides and unnatural and untimely deaths. We've seen this. We have. We've seen this. I remember back when I was a kid. I say I was a kid. I was probably, I guess I was a kid. There was someone connected to our family. That depression runs so strong in that family. Looking back on it now, I know. But depression runs so strong in that family. And there was a previous suicide in their generation. And then it happened in theirs. And it was, I know that depression and all those things are linked. It's just like, I don't know if it's 
depression's a spirit unto itself, and suicide, I believe, is a spirit unto itself, but they begin to work in tandem because they make you think that you're worthless. But isn't it, isn't it interesting that they make you feel worthless, but why are they trying to kill you? Like, does that make sense to y'all? Like, why, why are you trying to take me out? Well, you're worthless. You're hopeless. First off, it's a lie of the enemy, but you ought to know. If I'm feeling this way, there's value in me, Right? You've heard me say it before. The devil never goes to war where he has no spoils. I don't believe Satan's specifically coming after me because he's not omnipresent. He's probably working over world leaders. But there are demons that will come after you and your family because they want to take you out. And especially when you sense more activity from the demonic, guess what? Something's getting ready to pop and they're freaking out. Something's about to change. And so it's important that when we see this working, again, this is not just one thing working. This is more, two to three or four, that are repetitive and are constant. And they're just, that's where you have to say, wait a second. Now, let, we're about to flip this thing. Wait a second. Maybe this is something generationally because I haven't done anything. Well, I've repented of my sins. But maybe, and it's you can't repent for someone in your family from previous. Are y'all with me tonight? I'm not trying to put you to sleep. I'm trying to just give you information here. Maybe it's too much information. I don't know. But, but maybe it's because, I, Father, three and four generations back, I'm sorry. I, I did it. I, I told you. I'm sorry for my, my grandmother. I, I, I declare that that mess that she played with that occult i repent for the occultism in my in my previous generations i don't want it to come to me if iniquities come to third and fourth generations i don't want it to come to me and what i found out is that summer that i got sick i was sleeping my bedroom was gonna we were staying at my grandmother's i was sleeping in the very room where she had all of her witchcraft and her black magic books in that shelf i didn't think i just remember in a passing conversation with a cousin and it was reminded to me the other day as i was writing this out it was crazy just to think about it even being in the same room now i believe i had a praying if my mom was here tonight she could tell you that Ma Briley, my grandmother the one that prayed and i always tell you that i ran out the house when she started praying because it got holy and it freaked me out and I, i'm out but but when she was contending at i guess 82 83 years old contending lord keep your hand upon my grandson she knew something was off she knew we weren't supposed to move to Mississippi, and I can't go deep into that story, but she knew something was off. Discernment, she began to pray, and she began to contend for us and my family. And it took a week for me to come out of that hospital bed running a 105-degree fever with ice packs under my, under my arms and just struggling, just didn't know what was going on. And they still, to this day, I still don't know what happened to me. So I'm just saying, that's the importance of being careful with these things. But again, that was number seven, history of suicide, a natural timeless. Quite often, the people that are affected by this type of curse experience a strong sense of something is going to take place um, in the road ahead, but they don't know how to avoid it. And, and I, I want to I share a story with you. I, have a, there was, I grew up with a, with a, with a guy in, in the church that I grew up in, and he, would, he didn't say this often, I promise you. He didn't say this often, but he would always, from time to time, he'd be like, I'm just not going to live to see 30. I'm not going to live to see 30. And he wouldn't laugh about it. He would just say that. Well, he didn't live to see 30. It's like he knew something. I'm not saying maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But he would always say that. Uh, Raising a good family. Now, let's flip it because everybody's sad. All right? Let me tell you what Jesus did. 
Let me tell you about what he did. He became a curse for you. First off, let me just read this out. Jesus was punished so that you might be forgiven. He was wounded so that you might be healed. And I say might because it's your choice. Choose. He was made sin with our sinfulness that we might become righteous with his righteousness. He died our death so that we might share his life. He became poor with our poverty that we might become rich with his riches. He bore our shame that we might share his glory. He endured our rejection so that we might have his acceptance as children of God. He became a curse so that we might receive a blessing. That's what he did. You don't have to live under the weightiness of the enemy's voice or because of your rebellion and, and, and those things in your life. It does start at a place called repentance, but you don't have to stay in that place. Now, five steps to release yourself from this. And here in just a moment, I'm going to have ushers come. They're going to hand you something, and it's going to be you and God. You can take it home, put it on your refrigerator, pray it on a daily basis. But I want to give you, I want to give you something that you can apply to your life. Five steps to release. The first thing is this. You ready? It's going to be simple for you. You're Write these down or take snapshots, whatever you feel like you need to do or don't. I don't care. So number one, confess your faith in Jesus and his sacrifice on your behalf. Confess. Say what he says about your sin. Say it out loud. God, I'm sorry. I, I, am, I have been involved in occult work. I've been involved in witchcraft. I've been involved in sexual promiscuity. I've been involved in this. I've been, confess it. Say what God says about scripture. Don't nice it up. All right, well, I've got some hang-ups. No, 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 call it what it is. Sin is sin. The blood of Jesus covers it, right? Romans 10, verse 9 talks about it. And I'm not going to read it all, but you can read it. It says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead, then you will be saved. Confess. Number two, you ready? Repent of all your rebellion. Because, again, rebellion and disobedience, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Right? Repent of all of your rebellion and your sins. So in other words, accept personal responsibility. Listen, without repentance, there is no effective faith. It's not possible. There has to be repentance before you can walk in, in, in effective faith. All right? Here, here's a, I'll actually read this prayer in just a moment. A person who truly repents no longer argues with God. Person who repents no longer argues. Yeah, but God, you know, I don't, this happened and that happened. No, 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 I'm, there's no argument. Repent about it, move on. All right, number three, claim all forgiveness. Claim forgiveness for all sins. The great barrier that keeps God's blessing out of our lives is unforgiven sin. We, in our lives, it is imperative. That we ask the Lord to forgive us. You have to claim. You have to claim that. I, I encourage you to uh, claim the forgiveness of all sins. Everything. I don't want to keep a barrier. I was telling the worship team before we came into uh, to the service. I said uh, I was reading uh, um, a devotional that I just got my hands on. It was really powerful. But it was, it was talking about the distance between God and man. The distance between God and man depends upon us. God is here. He's available. He's omnipresent. He's right here right now. He's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God who is here. The, the separation is not him from you. He's not cutting you off because, well, you did this and you did. No, no, no. That's, that may be us to one another, but that's not God to us. The separation is between you and him because your mind, well, I've sinned. I guess I just, God put me over in this side. Now I'm going to hell. No, 
Repentance is an about face coming towards him. My son makes a mistake. And he comes to me and says, Dad, I'm sorry. Who in the world is going to turn their child away? You know what I'm saying? If they're, they're truly sorry for what they did. You know? All right. I'll move on. Number four. Forgive. And this is going to hit some people right between the eyes. Forgive all other people who have ever harmed or wronged you. Another great barrier that keeps God's blessing from coming upon your life is unforgiveness towards others. Let me give you a scenario. You come and you stand before the Lord, and you got a handful of IOUs that people owe you, $10 million worth. You stand before the Lord, and God looks at you and he says, All right, here's the thing. If you will take those and rip those up, I'll take what I've got in my hand against you, and I'll rip them up. There's the exchange. Because this is gospel truth. If there's no, you don't forgive others, your heavenly father is not going to forgive you. We don't preach that a lot in the church. And we don't hear it a lot. But I'm going to tell you the truth tonight. The unforgiveness you've had. But pastor, when I go back to this, I preached it back in December. Well, they did this to me. And they they hurt me really bad. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is choose you this day. I set before you life and death. Make a choice. I'm taking just a moment on this because I feel like it's important. There's a lot of people in this room tonight, but they offended me. Jesus said, be sure that offenses are coming. It's impossible that you get through this world without an offense hitting you right between the eyes. It's going to happen. And so for us, I think it's important that we, I, I, it, could be, it could be some very wicked things that happened to you in your childhood. Could have happened to you in your job. Could have happened to you at any point. Maybe in a pastor in a church or a church. First off, I want to say I'm sorry for the way that they wounded you. I, I, there's nobody that's perfect. I'm telling you, there's nobody that's perfect. And I don't, I'm not giving them an excuse for what they did. But forgive them. Remember this, all right? And I'm moving on, I promise. Here's the thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness takes one. Y'all have heard me say this before. Reconciliation takes two. You can forgive them, but you do not have to walk back into relationship with them. But you have to forgive them. Because the Father's standing there in the courts of heaven, and he's saying, just, I'll, I'll forgive yours. I won't retain them, but forgive them. All right. Number five. This is the last one, and then we're about to step into the prayer. And hopefully some of you are going to see a release. So you're going to move from curses to blessings if this is in, in operation in your world. Renounce all contact with the cult or anything satanic. Now, people say, well, Pastor Ray, that's pretty overt. I said this a while back, and we we don't allow our children to deal with anything with dragons or, um, you know, I'm not going to go down to that vein, but there's certain areas, and because it has to be a personal conviction for yourself, I'm not trying to preach certain things, but it is important to understand people don't have problems with some of these objects. And maybe in your house you've got a Buddha and you, somebody picked up from the Chinese restaurant in Corinth because they have great Chinese food. And you just thought, oh, I love that. I want to set it on my counter at the house. Well, who is Buddha? He's a little G God. I mean, there, what objects? Is there anything in my house that there's things happening around me that I need to get out. 
I, I was literally after I preached this, I think it might have been the first week I preached this, I had somebody come up to me and talk to me and say, hey, there was a season, and I wanted to make, I love this person, told me, I said, I wanted to make sure that, no, I didn't want to carry it just to a thrift store, I wanted to make sure that nobody else got their hands on this, so I think he told me, he said, we burned it, we got rid of it, I mean, that's what they did in the book of Acts, Right? Paul was talking about when he preached and all of a sudden it flipped the whole city upside down. People started bringing all of their witchcraft books, took them out, and they burned them so that they would never fall into somebody else's hands again. I'm telling you this because we're in an age where they're accepting of these things. It's, it's, it's just happening in the house. I mean, it's, it's everything. I mean, movies, video games, and now it's like the bestsellers of all sorts and types of books. It's important that we guard our hearts against these things. I say this again, what is the dragon listed as in Scripture? The great dragon, right? It's Satan himself. So I don't want to have, oh, well, it's cool, though. You don't understand. I love all the ninja stuff. and It was great. I mean, things, whatever, but what does that dragon represent? Now, I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm just telling you what Scripture lays out, okay? All right, I'll move on. I'll get off of it. All right, so ushers come at this time. I want this to get into everybody's hand, and I, I, I believe we will have enough. I want to give you something, um, and it may have to help. If y'all need some people to help you out, maybe somebody could jump up and help you pass these out so we can get them out a little bit faster. AJ, come back to the keys. I want to see you walk in freedom. I want to see, and some of you may not, I encourage you, listen, <laughs> there was a, there was a book that I got a hold of. It's been a while back. And it's Breaking Curses and Routing Demons. And uh, I know, anyway. But as I begin to read through this, he's pulling scripture and tagging to where the enemy likes to somehow in some way, form, or fashion get a foothold into your life. Because here's the thing. Remember what I said last week? I don't know if you guys remember this. The book of Proverbs says that... Um, a flittering sparrow and a fluttering something, uh, as a flittering sparrow, a curse without, oh man, I'm going to miss it. This is bad. I probably shouldn't even try to quote it. Um, but a curse without a purpose, or a curse without, oh my goodness, I'm missing it. I'm fixing to flip over and find it. A curse will not light on you unless it has a purpose, unless it has a reason to. There you go. Simple and short. You can read it for yourself. It's in Proverbs. You look it up, Google it. Um, an undeserved curse won't come on you just for no reason. There is a reason why it does come. All right? And so what I wanted to print out to you tonight, for some of you, you can take this, put it on your refrigerator, take it, pray it, put it in your Bible every time you read from time to time. But I want you specifically, I'm, we're going to stand to our feet, so go ahead and stand to your feet. And I'm going to give you just a moment because this is, this is a powerful prayer. And this literally covers, here what I'm about to tell you, this covers every one of those seven that I gave you at the very beginning. This gives you a prayer for each of those, every one. The first one, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and the only way to God and that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. I give up all my rebellion and all my sin and I submit myself to you as my Lord. I confess my sins before you and ask you for forgiveness, especially for any sins that expose me to a curse. Release me also from the consequences of my ancestors' sins. You're not asking forgiveness for them. That's specifically for you because the, the, the iniquities of the forefathers. 
by a decision of my will, I forgive all who have harmed me or wronged me. Some of you that struggle with that, there's you a prayer right there to help you walk through that. I renounce all contact with any occult or satanic or any satanic. If I have any contact objects, that would mean things in your house that you feel like you know the Lord's already highlighted that you need to get rid of, then get rid of it. So I ask you now to release me from every curse over my life in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. And then the very end, by faith, and now I receive my release and thank you for it. Tonight, those of you, as you leave out tonight, I want you. At some point, it's your house tonight. When it's you and the Lord. I'm not, I, don't, I don't feel to do this corporately. I want you to do it personally. Get along with the Lord before you go to sleep tonight. And I'm telling you, some of y'all are going to sleep so good. Because the weightiness of it is going to be lifted. It may just be one area that maybe you just needed to, you needed to repent of. Right? I don't know. But you're going to sleep so good. So let me bless you before we leave.